Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. In each edition, Simon Gurgle, Fund Manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. In this edition, we'll reflect on what's happened over the course of the year so far, issues that have dominated the stock market and the broader impact that that's all had on the Merchants Trust portfolio. Simon, welcome. Hi, John. So, it's been an interesting year. There's a lot going on economically, a lot going on globally. Can you give us a recap on what's happened and how you've positioned the trust in all of this? Well, yes, it's been a fascinating year. I mean, I think we've all had to get used to politics being a big driver of stock markets, everything from tweets from Donald Trump to the relationships between the US and China in terms of trade to all the machinations of the Brexit process. The markets are getting used to uncertainty and volatility of of political changes. I think the other big driver has been central bank policy. We started the year thinking that interest rates might be going up in the States and possibly in the UK. And now we're on a path where interest rates are coming down and economic growth is slowing down. So we've had a big change in direction. And that interest rate policy has been driving driving markets. So it's really, really been quite a significant change in the overall outlook so far this year. But as you say, um, we've had a lot of volatility through political events. Now, it's interesting that larger stocks within all of this are performing better than than smaller, medium-sized companies. Uh, why do you think that is the case? Well, part, the main reason for that is that the large companies in the UK tend to be very international and very global, so that they have a large amount of their earnings coming from overseas, which means they're not so affected by the risks and uncertainty over Brexit. But also, the currency effect is quite strong. Sterling has been very weak, and if you're earning money abroad, that's more valuable to a sterling investor, to a UK investor, from the depreciation of the pound. The other factor, of course, is that as money's come out of the stock market, and a lot of money has gone out of equities and out of shares into bonds, that has had more of an effect on small companies. Liquidity has dried up, and you've seen a number of cases where small company valuations have just fallen very significantly, whereas large companies tend to be more liquid, more tradable, and have held held up better. So you've seen, probably not just in the UK, you've seen big companies tending to do better than many of the small companies. So you think the the outlook for those smaller companies then is is quite mixed at the moment? Well, I think you've got to separate the outlook for companies and the way the stock market behaves. And that's why one of the opportunities as an investor is to identify where the stock market is being irrational, if you like, or not not taking a logical view. So many small companies are perfectly good businesses, strong balance sheets. Many of them actually are global businesses, just happen to be listed in the UK. So I think there are opportunities to take advantage of that. But you also have to be aware that liquidity can be more difficult in a period. For, for a trust like an investor like Merchants Trust, liquidity is not really a big issue. We have permanent capital. We're never forced to make sales in the portfolio. So we can ride through periods of illiquidity and we can pick up shares and know that we can own them for the long term, which can be a great opportunity if markets are behaving slightly irrationally. Now, all of this leads to something that you've reflected on before, and namely that's that the that the UK market is, um, is extremely polarised. Do you see this remaining the case for the long term now? Well, polarisation is an interesting phenomenon. We've got a population that's polarised. If you look at the Brexit debate between people who want to stay in the European Union, people who want to leave, and you've got the market massively polarised between, as you said, talked about large companies versus small companies, but also between quality and growth versus value. So because 
people investors are are uncertain but interest rates coming down interest rates coming down is is forcing people to take money out of the bank and put it somewhere else a lot of that's going to bonds but where that money is going into equities it's tending to go into what are perceived to be safer and higher quality businesses such as the big food companies and and re- relatively resilient businesses and that's leading to many other businesses perfectly good companies being finding being friendless finding very few investors and you're seeing a huge polarization of the stock market between these high quality high growth companies which are on really high valuations now and many other sectors which are actually really on very low valuations and and that's providing great opportunities for markets but it is it is a really polarized environment so as an active manager looking after the trust, how do you how do you navigate all of this? Um, how's it affected the way that you're structuring the portfolio? Well, we try to maintain a very diversified portfolio. We have forty four or so different companies within the portfolio. We're they're exposed to different end markets, different countries, different sectors, um, and different themes. But having said that, there's a great opportunity to take advantage of this polarization and buy companies that are on very modest valuations where you've got a high dividend yield, decent dividend growth, and you could think we think we can make attractive total returns in the medium to long term because the valuations, starting valuations are so modest. So if you look this year, for example, we've bought three new companies. They're all listed in the UK because we invest only in the UK, but they all have big international operations. Um, they've all got big exposure to emerging markets, as it happens. One has got exposure in, in Africa, one's got a big exposure more broadly in emerging markets, and, and one is quite exposed um, to Eastern Europe. And, and, and all three of them, and we see, we see better growth in emerging markets than we see in the West. And so we're able to buy good businesses with strong market positions on really attractive and sensible valuations. And I think that will make investors, on average, that should make investors good returns in the long term. But clearly, the short-term volatility in the market means that it can take a while to come through. And, and what sort of sectors are you seeing those companies with valuations that are perhaps uh, slightly underweighted, not as not as great as they might otherwise be, where you see the opportunity? Well, it, it's across the market, actually. I mean, we find opportunities in the financial sector, real estate. We find opportunities in construction and building materials. Uh, industrial sector, some of the consumer sectors. I, I think the biggest undervaluation area is domestic companies. So companies exposed to the domestic UK economy, whether that's retailers or le- travel and leisure companies. Some of those are risky businesses as well, because there are some structural pressures. So you have to be very careful. It's not just about buying the cheapest stocks, but it's about buying companies where they are they are cheap, but they're still good businesses with a, with a with a good structure and outlook. And and therefore, we're not necessarily buying purely domestic retailers, for example, um, but we are buying um, media businesses, construction companies, um, and, uh, and def- aerospace and defence companies. So companies across a range of different sectors. Now, those companies that you mentioned with the focus on the the UK market. Uh, is there a risk there at all, given that those are the very companies that might be most at risk from the uncertainty around Brexit and whether or not a deal is is obtained with the European Union? Are you taking a bet there uh, that that it will work out for those companies? Well, I, w- I would call it more of a balance. So there is some exposure within the portfolio to companies and sectors that are exposed to the domestic economy. And, and I think that makes sense, I think, in the long term there's every reason to think the UK economy can can do absolutely fine in 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 whatever scenario 
comes through. I think the, the, the bigger problem economically is the short-term uncertainty, which makes it very hard as a business to plan for, for what to do and how to, how to run the business. So, yes, there are within the portfolio, there is an exposure to the domestic area. The other thing we're seeing, though, is we are seeing international investors and private investors come in and buy companies. We've seen a takeover bid for Green King, which is a big UK pub company from a, a Hong Kong tycoon. We've seen takeover bids for Cobham in the aerospace sector, for Merlin Entertainments, which runs Madame Two Swords and Legoland. We are seeing, because of the valuations of British companies being so attractive, we're seeing international and other investors come in and, and buy companies off the market. And therefore, I think even, even companies that might be exposed to the domestic economy can be vulnerable to, to being snapped up if the valuation's too low. And those valuations are low because sterling at the moment is so low. That's a, that's a good thing, would you say, overall for the UK economy? Well, if you're an international investor, then UK assets look even more attractive at, at this level. Sterling being low does help exporters and, and it, does, um, it, does, it does help companies that earn money overseas if you're a British investor. It's more difficult if you are an importer of goods um, or if you're, for example, an airline taking people across Europe on holiday. People, people are less likely to travel abroad because of the cost of going outside the UK. So there are, there are pros and cons depending on the company from a weak sterling. But overall for the economy, it can, weak sterling can give a boost to the economy because it helps exports, makes them more competitive. Lastly, Simon, Merchant's objective is to pay a high and rising dividend along with attractive total return. With so much going on economically and politically, how confident are you of maintaining your very impressive 37-year dividend record? Well, thanks. It's, it's quite interesting that the underlying performance of many of the companies, in fact, most of the companies in the portfolios is pretty resilient at the moment, despite what you might think about in the uncertainty in stock markets. Trading is good, cash flows are strong, and dividends are coming through at a healthy rate. So when we look at the portfolio, we're seeing good income levels uh, off a very high starting yield of well over 5% from the portfolio, and we're seeing good dividend growth. The other thing that's helping dividends is the refinancing of the debt. Merchants has, over the last 18 months, has significantly restructured its debt profile. It's brought the cost of debt down from over 8% to about 3.5%. That's quite a chunk. It's quite a, big, quite a big change, quite a big improvement. And that really helps shareholders in terms of the money we can distribute to shareholders and a, a low, lower cost of, of interest. So that's all, all pointing to a very healthy picture for, for dividends at the moment. Okay, Simon, we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets. And you can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk.